This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Yeah, good morning. Uh, today we are starting from a new place, so <laughs> there may be some glitches. So you will have to forgive us for that. So we are doing the Srimad Bhagavad Gita. Now this is chapter six, and uh, we had completed till verse twenty. So today we are starting the verse twenty one onwards. So let us begin. We are doing Bhagavad Gita chapter six verse twenty one. Nay, in which the soul experiences the eternal and the supersensuous joy which can be intuited only through the subtle and the purified intellect and wherein established the said yogi moves not from truth on any account. Now, I will just recap the last verse for you so you get an understanding of where we are and then you can progress from there. So verse 20 had said the state in which the chitta that is the mind sub, sub, subdued through the practice of yoga becomes completely tranquil and in which realize God through subtle reasoning purified by meditation on God. The soul rejoices only in God. Alright, this we had done last time. So in this you have to know that the idea that a yogi who is doing the yogic practices which we had described in the last uh, so many, you know, verses. Now, what happens to this particular yogi? He has started a point of meditation and he has gone deeper into it and he has got absorbed in the meditative state. And then what happens exactly in the meditative state is the lesson for today. So, nay, in which the soul experiences the eternal and the super sensuous joy, which can be intuited only through subtle and purified intellect, and wherein established the said yogi moves not from truth on any account. Now, this is something which you will have to understand. Imagine. This is only through imagination can you actually get the hang of what I am saying. Imagine this yogi is sitting somewhere in a very peaceful and a quiet location. And he is meditating on the Lord. Now when a person is meditating on the Lord, what exactly happens? Remember, we were talking about the state of Turiya. Turiya means the state where a person goes into the fourth state. That is the three first three as you know very well are the waking state, the dream state and the deep sleep state. And after the deep sleep comes the Turiya state. Now what would be the Turiya state? The idea that I am the body doesn't exist. The idea that I live in this body, that I am this body, my name is so and so. This entire idea, the concept which a person has doesn't exist anymore. Now let us say as an example if you are a prince of a state now there is a very big country and a state and you are the prince of that. Now imagine you are going somewhere. Alright? 
and one day while you are maybe in the high seas or maybe uh, in some trekking expedition you're going alone i'm just 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 think like that you're going alone you are caught by some pirates or robbers or somebody like that and they take even the last piece of garment which is there on you you are not left with anything imagine this state now how can you tell whom anybody around who you are or what you are they will look at your appearance and they will say ha this fellow is telling lies this it cannot be think like that so here we are talking about a material worldly person who is doing something like this okay or this person who is lost and marooned in an island those who have seen the life of pi you know there was a very beautiful movie called the life of pi now those who have seen this movie remember that island on which he is marooned now in that island he is alone over there that's what he thinks and there is nobody to talk to nobody to no land anywhere outside that island and he was there on that small boat of his imagine something like that you have nobody to talk to there is nobody around and you can't even discuss anything with anyone likewise exactly something like that think you are that divine being and even this body doesn't exist there is nobody to talk to absolutely none there is hardly even a bird or anybody around to even tell them my name is so and so who am i going to tell i mean what is the point in even telling someone imagine that so this state where the body itself becomes redundant non existent doesn't even have any value you have become exactly like that now this is the state where you are discarding the body discarding means you are not even considering it of even a little importance in your life you just feel oh what is this it's not mine it's not mine got it now imagine that is the condition now when you have arrived at that condition we are trying to assess in the material worldly terms what this means remember there is no way or no explanation which can satisfy a person of what this what exactly happens all right i can only give you some examples for you to understand a little bit that is why i said you need your imagination a lot so here krishna is describing in this 21st verse he says nay in which the soul experiences the eternal and the super sensuous joy if you recollect i was telling you we are all searching for happiness a material worldly person says oh i want happiness in marriage in in my house in my cars in the number of things that i own and everything we are we are actually searching for happiness everywhere some people want children some people want something else some people say oh i want to pass in my examination somebody become wants to become a chartered accountant somebody wants to become an engineer somebody wants to become a you know a management consultant god knows all kinds of requirements are there people are waiting 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 and they are thinking oh i will get it i will get it 
but it doesn't seem to be within your reach. So you get upset. I say, oh, what am I to do? And then suddenly you get the result, you know. The result comes. Oh, I got it. That result lasts for a very, very short duration. Just imagine you have got 92% marks. Okay? And 92%. And you want to join the topmost college in the city of Bangalore. I don't know what the college name is. But just imagine you want to join. And their cutoff percentage is 96. You understand that 92% joy which you felt, oh, I got in 90s, suddenly becomes, ah, I don't have 96%. <laughs> or you are just going to make it to a top institution, you know, like one of these management institutions. And suddenly, just short of it, what happens? You don't get it. The joy which was there for a short duration just vanishes. Likewise, you know, the parents are waiting for the baby to arrive. And the baby comes. Right? And then they find that the baby has some issue. Maybe there is a defect in the heart, you know. Maybe there is a hole in the heart. Normally, there are these kind of things that happen. And the entire joy that was felt suddenly becomes very problematic for the person. So the joy is very short-lived. So in the material world, all the joy is short-lived. It is just little bit. But in this case, when the yogi achieves this state, he is in a continuous joyful condition. Now this joyful condition, like I said last time, has nothing to do with the hilarious thing or the, you know, happiness of the ha-ha-ha, you know, those kind of things. No, 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 nothing like that. It simply translates into an equanimity, state of equanimity. Nothing disturbs him, neither good nor bad. Somebody says something, doesn't matter. Somebody doesn't say anything, doesn't matter. That person is in a state of complete stillness and equanimity. That is joyful state. That is that blissful condition. The third word over there, Sat Chit Ananda, the Ananda state is that. It's a very blissful state. No disturbance, neither here nor there. And then he says, the soul experiences the eternal and the super sensuous joy. Now the sensuous joy, what is this sensuous joy? Now we always Sensuous joy means, hey, we always think in terms of sensibilities, you know, like, oh, the taste which is there on the tongue, it should last for a very long time. Now you are gone to Calcutta and you are eating all those beautiful sweets over there. Mm, ah, you, know, you know, the kind of thing that you will say, wow, look at the sweets. You know, you stand in the shop and you look at all the beautiful sweets. Ganguro, I am going to eat this. I did this. I love this. And then you have one piece. Okay. It goes into your mouth. You are enjoying it. Mm. In less than 30 seconds, the joy is finished. <laughs> now imagine the height of it. Can you imagine? Your joy started somewhere down here. And then it started going up, up, up. And suddenly it came down. Crashing down. 
Imagine staying in this condition here. The height, the height of it all. See, normally, normally I would not want to discuss because everybody is an adult over here. So let me give you an understanding. Now, when a person is having, uh, you know, they are doing some lovemaking. Okay. Now, the thing which happens is there is a peak somewhere. There is a peak somewhere where the person reaches and then you know, you fall down from there to nowhere. Just imagine that. Now, I want you to understand this. When you are at this height, that height, you don't exist. The I, me, myself doesn't exist. You are in a state of complete that super sensuous thing. <laughs> okay. Alright. <laughs> so let us continue. So you have reached that particular status where the you doesn't exist. You don't even know that it is there. Now this happens quite a lot with you. Many a times but actually you don't understand this. Now let us say you are in a complete state of a shock. You are hit by an oncoming vehicle. Tap. When you are hit by a vehicle, you know that that fraction of a second, the you doesn't exist. You don't exist. Alright? This is the state. The height of it all, the you doesn't exist. The I, this I, me, myself, the body doesn't exist. When a person does yoga, you see, when a person does yogic practices, they say, take in the breath, you know, take in a deep breath, hold, then exhale, hold. Don't they say the hold, hold in between? Hold means just hold on to it. It is a state where we are artificially trying to achieve that status. Just now what I said to you. The status where you have to become nothing. The body doesn't exist. That is called like a kumbhaka, a state of a kumbhaka, a pot. You know, like they say a pot. Now you have to retain that state for as long as possible. Is it possible? For a normal human being, out of question. Those who try the yoga, you know, all kinds of yogic activity, those who do pranayama, yoga, asanas and all that, they can try for some time. You can have it when you are in a state of a shock, an extreme fear or in a sensuous condition, you are doing something, that minute second, millionth of a second, the body doesn't seem to exist. Got it? That is the super sensual state. When you achieve this super sensual state, 
the understanding is that you will be in that suspended animation suspended animation now you have to stretch that state stretch it stretch it stretch it stretch it can you be in an animated state in that now instead of that millionth of a second to one second to make it more 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 now imagine you exist in that pot state which is the kumbhaka state for a very long duration of time so the yogi has trained himself to be in that super sensuous state now let us see what happens when he has achieved this state he says the joy which can be intuited only through subtle and purified intellect now you cannot have this kind of a super sensual state if you do not have a purified intellect now what is this purified intellect that is another thing which you should know the purified intellect is not that intellect where you can write a thesis and get a phd no it is nothing like that it is not a purified the purified intellect doesn't mean that now you are able to solve you know ramanujam's problems no that is not a purified intellect that's a mundane intellect absolutely lower level intellect purified intellect means that which doesn't have any contamination of the maya the material world it's clean absolutely zero dirt absolutely zero maya in it that means you are not in a condition where you can get tainted by anything taint that little bit of taint which happens even to the highest of the yogis imagine ramba urvashi will come and stand in front of you doing some dance the greatest of the yogis can fall down no there is no ramba there is no urvashi there is nothing 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 that state of the mind and of the intellect which is called the purified mind and the purified intellect can we have it in this body i doubt it because the body itself is a contaminated thing body by itself is contaminated by everything in this world we eat drink sleep merry make go out do all kinds of activities but this yogi whom we are talking about is in a state of being where he is having purified intellect nothing in this world affects him nothing falls down nothing affects him nothing touches him got the answer it is the same condition where parikshit now don't ask me who is parikshit <laughs> the entire bhagavatam is based on the stories to parikshit okay so don't ask me that <laughs> so parikshit has gone to the jungle 
Remember that. And there is this yogi sitting in that state. Super sensuous state. Now this yogi is lost completely. Now when this yogi is lost, what happens to him? Nothing. The material world doesn't touch him. So when Parikshit is speaking to him, he doesn't answer because he is not there. He is not there. Body is there. You can see the body, but he is not there. So that is the super sensuous state. So Parikshit gets very angry. And he puts this snake around him, you know. And goes away. Please imagine this kind of a condition. How difficult it is for a normal person to actually realize what the problem is. Got it? And this is the understanding we need to have. The super sensuous state where you will say, I don't exist. And the mind and the intellect doesn't have any contamination of any kind. Now, I am going to give you an understanding where a person believes that this state is beautiful thing. Now, I want you to visualize. Now here, what, what has he said? It has to be done by means of what he says over here. Can be intuited only. Can be understood only. Can be intuited only. So, it has to be understood by you. You are not in a super sensual state right now. You are listening to a satsang, a material worldly people going, getting lost in the material world. Some people are getting, you know, they may have put on their, uh, you know, cell phones or whatever and they might be listening in, but they are doing all other kinds of activity. They are looking around, they are paying attention to what is happening. Some people are just walking, putting it in their ears and doing whatever that is required. You are still doing material worldly jobs. You know, you are still there, out there somewhere. But in this super sensual state, which is where you have a purified mind and an intellect, the you doesn't exist. There is nothing around you. So you got to visualize. Now imagine you have thought of a heaven. In your normal life, you have thought of a heaven. And in that heaven, you were thinking that there is a Mahavishnu form that you wish to see. You wish to see the Mahavishnu form. You can see the Lakshmi at his feet. You can see all the gods and the goddesses behind. You can see Narada standing in front and every other creature around him. Or you might be thinking of Shivji sitting in Kailasha. With his wife next to him. His son is playing around somewhere. There are very beautiful creatures around him. There is Nandi. There are everything around him. It's like that. Think like that. Now this is what your visualization skills have attempted. When you are a normal person. Normal in the sense when you have not gone into the state of Samadhi. 
in the super sensual state, if you wish to go to Indra Lok, if you wish to go to Kailash, if you wish to go to even wherever, you know, any of those heavens that we are talking about, you can do that. You can meet the Mahavishnu form also. You can meet Lakshmi. You can meet Narada. You can meet Adishesh also. Yes, of course, whatever you want to do, you can do it. It's an intuitive form. It's an intuitive way. So there is actually nothing like that. But whatever is your dream kind of a stuff, whatever is the ultimate that you can think of, it is possible to achieve that kind of a status. In a very beautiful scripture that I may attempt to do in the coming future could be called Tripura Rahasyam. It's called Tripura Rahasyam where it's called the secret of the three states. There is this yogi who has been sitting there for 10,000 years. 10,000 years. Now his son is next to him. So that when the king approaches this person, king means, I think the, the prime minister approaches this person, tries to wake him up. He doesn't. So the son comes over there and says, don't wake up my father. My father is in a very deep state of samadhi. So he says, see, we are such beings that we can travel from here to there, wherever you want to. So he says, would you like to enter this mountain? So next to them is a very huge mountain. He says, would you like to enter this mountain? He says, how can I enter the mountain? The mountain is solid rock. He says, no, no, there is a world inside that mountain. And then he catches hold of his hand and he says, come with me. And he leaves his body near a rock over there. The physical body. And in that subtle body, he enters this world of that mountain. And when he enters that domain of the mountain, he sees that there are these different worlds over there. That there is an earth over there. There is a Brahma, there is a Vishnu, there is a Shiva over there also. Now remember, outside the mountain there is another world. Inside the mountain there is another world. And in that world there are so many Brahmajis, there are so many Shivas, there are so many Vishnus. And he is able to enter the mountain and he takes a round of that whole place, goes to all the places over there and then after some time he says to the son of that yogi, Rishi Muni, says, I would like to go out. Of this mountain. So he says fine. And then they come out. And when they come out. He sees his body is lying over there. And he says you can enter your body. So he enters the body. But. Thousands of years have gone by. Now when you think about these kind of things. They sound like mythical kind of a stories. You know? How is it possible? We all believe that these kind of things are not possible. But that is the reason why you have to attempt this thing. The idea that you have to become that kind of a yogi to achieve this super sensual state. So the story that I told you is from Tripura Rahasyam. And it is possible to do this kind of a thing. 
Now you may say, how is it possible? Of course, there are lots of people who are even doing it today. You may not know that. It is because you are living in a world where you don't even know. You understand what I am saying? The idea that there is a world out there you don't know. Even today, people were not aware that there was a very rare tribe that was staying in the Amazonian jungles and one day while a plane was passing from top, they were able to photograph it and one man tried to go and meet them. Now this tribe has been there in existence for so many years and we did not even know about it. You got what I am saying? It is the same thing that is happening. Today we are discovering things. Like that tomorrow you may discover something. But this kind of yogis do exist. Where are they? Who knows? You can't find them somewhere around you over here sitting next to you. Oh, the yogi is sitting next to me. Hello dude, how are you? <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> so that is the super sensual state. And you have to intuit it. Intuitively, you have to think about that condition and attempt in going to that place. Did you get this? So Krishna says to Arjuna, that in which the soul experiences the eternal and the super sensuous joy, which can be intuited only through subtle and purified intellect, and wherein the yogi established the said yogi moves not from truth on any account. And that is the truthful state. He doesn't move from there. He, does, he doesn't even want to get up and do anything. He is sitting in meditation and he remains like that. Who would want to get out of this and come back into the mundane world, tell me? Where everybody is saying, oh, get me a bucket of water, get me this, get me that. I am very hungry, I want to do this. I, want to do. I mean, just imagine, we enter a world of this kind of a thing. Aren't you also doing that kind of an escapism when you go on a holiday sometime? Nowadays too you can't go, but let us say you go on a holiday. You are trying to escape from this material world. But how many days? Few days. But then when you come back to it, you have a complete fall from top to bottom. So now imagine that. So this yogi stays in that state. Remember that Kumbhaka we were talking about. He stays in that super sensuous state eternally. He can stay there. So we move to the next verse now. This is Bhagavad Gita chapter 6 verse 22. And having obtained which he does not reckon any other gain as greater than that. And established in which he is not shaken even by the heaviest of the sorrows. So this yogi who has attained that super sensual state, the highest state, has got a purified mind and intellect. There is no contamination of maya anywhere. He doesn't think, you know, where is the money to buy stuff? I am very hungry, I want to eat. I am very thirsty, I want to drink water. I don't have any clothes. He doesn't have any of these contaminations. Imagine that state. 
And when you imagine that state where no money, no clothes, you know they say roti, kapda, makan. Roti means food. Kapda means clothes. Makan means a house. An average human being requires these three things. Money, the criteria for living in this world. The wheels on which the whole world works and moves around. <laughs> this yogi has nothing to do with it. Imagine that. He doesn't care whether he has money. He doesn't care whether he has clothes to wear. He doesn't care whether he has a house to stay. He doesn't even bother himself about anything. That is the condition which this yogi is in. Now, here I will give you one small explanation again. Now, when I keep on saying yogi, 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 doesn't mean that he is some Babaji with orange color clothes or maybe no clothes or something like that sitting in some godforsaken place. Again, do you remember me telling you sitting on the kusa grass and all that kind of thing? No, no, nothing like that. These yogis can exist even where you are. They may be living as an ordinary person next to you. They're just staying there. They do not have any requirements of any sort. They are always in that super sensual state. Always lost. Completely. They may appear like a human being, you know, who is eating, drinking, nothing. This, this person is not even there. He may be eating a rasgulla, a sweet, you know, and doesn't even matter to him. Okay, you give him cow dung to eat, he will be eating the cow dung in the same way as a rasgulla. <laughs> it doesn't matter to him. He has no clue what he is eating also. If he doesn't eat also doesn't matter. Got this understanding? So this person could be living in the city, could be living amongst you and yet you may not even understand that this person lives in a super sensual state. And his way and because there is actually no mind status, no mind, his mind is purified, purified mind. Intellect is purified. There is no contamination. Nothing in the world touches him. Nothing, nothing. There is nothing touching him. He is, they call it, Pak. Pure. Absolutely pure. And this person may be living in the gutters also. You know, he may be staying somewhere <laughs> as, a, as a homeless person also. For all you know. And is there. So don't be under the impression that this kind of people will be found only in the Himalayas or such kind of you know strange locations. No, they can be wherever they want to be. So Krishna says over here, having obtained which he does not reckon any other great gain as greater than that. That means this Satchidananda state, the state of Endless happiness, endless eternal happiness and joy. Blissful state. He has attained that. 
and is established in it and is constantly in that only. He doesn't move from there. He is not shaken even by the heaviest of the sorrows. In his case, let us say, like I said, this person may be staying in the in the city. And this person who is living in the city can face the greatest of the sorrows in his life. Maybe the nearest, dearest people die. Maybe the whole world is coming to an end. There are thousands of people dying. The whole world is erupting around him. And yet, in his case, he is in that blissful state constantly. Such a condition this person is in. No mind, purified intellect. Not the normal intellect. The normal intellect can work in the material world. Okay? This is not something which a person has a high IQ or something. I got the point? It's a very, very purified intellect which only knows about the divine. So he is not willing to move out of that state even in the greatest of the sorrows. We move to verse 23, Bhagavad Gita chapter 6 verse 23. That state called yoga, which is free from the contact of sorrow, should be known. Nay, this yoga should be resolutely practiced with an unwearied mind. Now, the yoga. Yoga means union with God. Alright? What God are we talking about? You are the God yourself, isn't it? With a purified intellect and a purified mind, you don't even know about the body's existence. So you are one, one with the divine. When you are one with the divine, you are the divine itself. There is no other divinity around you. You are the one, the one. The state of Brahman is achieved. And that is the yoga which we are talking about. That should be your ultimate goal. To live in this world, you need some goals in life, isn't it? That is the ultimate goal where you, you are one with the divine, period. There is nothing beyond that. And you are constantly in the state of eternal bliss. Sat, Chit, Ananda state. You are living in that Beautiful, blissful, unending, happy state. That should be your ultimate goal. Krishna is telling Arjuna over here, that state called yoga, which is free from the contact of sorrow. There are no sorrows in that condition. There is no pain. There is nothing which can disturb you. That condition, it's a sorrowless condition. There is nothing there. There is no maya around to entice you. And because there is no maya to entice you, you have nothing to bother yourself about. So he says if you have entered that particular state of yoga, you should know it. Nay, this yoga should be resolutely practiced with an unwearied mind. You got to keep on practicing it. Now practicing means what? See, practicing, let us say you are doing a football practice. 
you know when you are doing a football practice you keep on dribbling here and there here and there here and there here and there now if you are doing it alone it is not called a practice if you are doing it with some three four people with a team of yours and they have to oppose you got it there has to be an opposition otherwise what is the point you are alone in the field and you can take the ball and put it in the goal post no that is not called you know practice practice means you need to have tremendous opposition if you do not have tremendous opposition how strong can you be you know the motto of olympics isn't it so you want to be the highest you want to be the strongest you want to be the fastest i mean these kind of things you need and you want to break all records so if you want to break all records don't you have to compete with the the strongest people in the world the opposition has to be very very strong those who watch cricket match there is a t20 going on naturally there is going to be the strongest opposition when you are watching the football match you know between two giants whoever they might be aren't you expecting spectacular things over there even if it is a single 1-0 goal victory don't you think that oh my god it was such a great match isn't it if your question paper is the simplest and you go and write everything tick 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 finish 100 on 100 marks every person gets 100 on 100 did you get the point if every woman is beautiful the same way i mean the same block that they are coming from and every guy looks like a rithik roshan i mean imagine that every woman looks like aishwarya rai and every guy looks like rithik roshan what competition is there huh no competition isn't it so you need to have competition you need to have the practice has to be against terrible forces there has to be a tremendous amount of opposition otherwise it's not called a practice see if you are getting everything on a platter it's not called a practice you see tomorrow i mean aren't you jealous of the people those who are born with a silver spoon in their mouth you will say oh this fellow is very rich ah he can afford anything he has got the five star jets has got this he owns hotels he does this it's not no great deal you know his father gave it to him but there are those entrepreneurs who make it big in this world from zero base like elon musk hmm bill gates dhirubhai ambani's of this world jack ma and these guys who made it from zero to hero so a lot of opposition now think like that i'm not saying that you should become like them what i'm saying is you have to apply that kind of an understanding in the spiritual domain without strenuous practice tremendous amount of opposition you cannot win this battle so to be in that state of yoga you need such kind of strenuous practice nothing should deter you even the worst kind of problems can come and stand in front of you and nothing should affect you 
That is what I mean. So Krishna says you need to have that kind of a practice. I mean, imagine. I'll just give you an example of Sri Krishna himself. Now tell me any God, any God, who when he was born as a baby had to kill such a great giant, you know, who came and fed him in her milk. No, <laughs> he killed him. <laughs> then there was this giant who took him so high into the air and wanted to drop him from top. There was a giant, he was like a wind giant, you know, wind. You know those whirlwinds that you get? So he became a whirlwind and took him higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. As a baby, he was a small boy, maybe three, four years old. And took him higher and higher. And naturally he wanted to throw him from top. Sri Krishna became so strong that the giant was not able to even carry him further. The poor giant had to got weighed down and the poor fellow had to fall flat on his face. So Krishna became so strong. Then the story of Kalia, the snake, he played on his hood. I mean, imagine that. Let us come to his other exploits. How many gopis were there? I mean, imagine now, I am going to give you a material worldly example. Okay, don't bother your head about the gopis and Krishnas are a different story. But for understanding purpose, you have one girlfriend. It's very nice. Okay. You can keep on whatsapping her. Tick, 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 tick. And she'll say, hi, hello, I love you, I love you, these, that, all those things. Kind of things. I don't know what they write. But maybe they will send hearts or something like that. Emoticons. Or they will do one TikTok for them. <laughs> now TikTok is not there in India. Or they will do something else. <laughs> so let us say like that. But if you have two or three or four of them. You had it. I tell you. <laughs> you can't maintain one. You have two. You have a problem. You see Krishna. In his world also. Someday in life when we have the time, I will tell you the exploits of his in, in Vrindavan, beautiful ones. He had to meet so many gopis. Okay. And to each, you have to remember what they like also. I mean, just imagine. One likes idli, another likes dosa, third one likes sambar. And maybe somebody likes, you know, roti. I, you know, which hotel you will take them to? You don't even remember. By chance, you know, somebody who loves Chinese and you take them to an Indian restaurant and you add it. Okay. The sambar will be on your head. <laughs> so imagine, he has to remember everybody's likes and dislikes. That way. And later on, when we talk of his wives, when we talk of the different exploits of his, Krishna was like that. And yet he was highest detached person. Yet he was the yogi who had attained that state that is why he is called God Almighty. As a human being. He was born as a human. He has taken a form as a human. Remember this. But he was not human. The body was just like that. Nothing there. 
So Krishna was not human at all. No angle was he human. <laughs> it is like God masquerading like a human. You know, something like that you can say. So now think like that condition. Where you are capable of handling hundreds of things at one time. And yet nothing disturbs you. Nothing disturbs you. This is the state of the yogi. And to be in that state is the most beautiful thing. Now, here he, they have introduced one word which they have written in brackets in the form of transmigration. You remember, we were talking about karmas. When you do any karma, you have to come back for repayment purposes. You see, by chance, suppose... You know, you have taken 100 rupees from someone and you have not returned it back. You may say, that's okay, that's alright, no problem. Sorry, that is not a problem. No, that is a big problem. You will have to come back to repay that 100 rupees somewhere in some life of yours. How do you know that in the next life he will take rupees? Maybe he will take one sugar grain from you, you know. Because he is an ant and you are an ant. Or maybe... You are a bee and he is a beekeeper. <laughs> Who knows? 100 rupees has to be returned. You can only give him honey. No money. <laughs> so got the point. So there is a transmigration which happens because of every karma that happens. And that karma has to be repaired back. And that is the reason why it's difficult to do so. So even one karma can be a problematic thing. One. So this yogi is having zero karma. No balance. No balance in his account. That means his books of accounts has been completely wiped clean. So, there is no Sanchit. Sanchit means accumulated records are not there. He doesn't perform new karmas. No new karmas. Because he is detached. He is completely dispassionate. He is not even attached to anything. So if there are sorrows, he is not attached to the sorrow also. He doesn't even care. Got it? So there is no transmigration there. So such a kind of a person you have to achieve. You have to become. You have to resolutely practice with an unwearied mind. Practicing is so important. You see, the mind should not get tired. You know how many times a person will say, Ah, I did so much work, I am tired. I keep on thinking, now I am tired. People, those who write story books and all that, they will say, you know, after some time, Oh, I can't think, you know, straight. I have to take at least a drink or something like that. Maybe I'll go and smoke outside. So that is how they are. Whereas this should be an unwearied mind. You should never be tired. You can't say, no, I am tired, I do this. No. This person is always literally at the highest peak, constantly. If you wake up Krishna in the middle of the night, you think, he's gonna, eh, don't disturb me. You think he's going to say like that. He will be ready for the show even then. That is the state of the yogi. 
and remember i said there has to be a tremendous opposition your mind has to throw so many responses to you throw so many questions to you and you should not get deterred by it and that is the reason why you have to practice very very diligently resolutely you should practice so remember the practice it's not a single man show you're not scoring a goal by doing anything great you are doing this because it is important to be done and you got to have the opposition from all the sides that means your mind has to be literally at you know like like that at you maybe point, pointing daggers at you like that okay now next verse we are doing bhagavad gita chapter 6 verse 24 completely renouncing all desires arising from the sankalpas and fully restraining all senses from all sides by the mind we'll do the next one also or should we okay we he should through gradual practice attain tranquility and fix the mind on god to reasons controlled by steadfastness he should not think of anything else though it's a big verse actually there is a continuation in 26 and 27 also but i think i will stop at 24 so i will do till 24 so completely renouncing all desires arising from sankalpas and fully restraining all the senses from all sides by the mind the mind which is your enemy remember your mind is your enemy isn't it why because it keeps on throwing stories after stories after stories after stories it keeps on telling you this cannot be done that cannot be done but the same mind is a tool is the best tool in the world this is the same mind which can create beautiful things for you for enlightenment purposes not just for the heck of it not being in the material i want to eat so go and eat i want i'm hungry so no the mind is not like that the mind has to be used for fantastic purposes that is the purpose use the mind don't misuse it using the mind so that you can reach the ultimate destination the status required by you which one of attaining the state of yoga through this mind only we can attain remember purified mind and purified intellect with this purified mind now what is he saying completely renouncing all desires don't have any desires at all you know human beings we have desires so many of them you will have to think of what you want to eat what you want to drink what you want to live with and where you want to go like today if the desires are literally going out of hand aren't they you are cooped up at home most of you people are cooped up in one place and you say i want to go here i want to do this i want to do that you can't do that i was explaining to someone i said do you i want you to think for one moment in time how difficult the condition is you are in a cell in a jail okay you have got a very tiny cell now in that jail 
you are going to be there for one year, two years, three years or four years. Where is the place to walk? No way. You can't open the gate and go out also. You are in that space, six feet space only. There is no bed also. There is no pillow also. There are no toilets there. Maybe there is a toilet, but you know kind of toilets that are there. Food you will get once in the morning, once in the evening. Imagine this state if you have to be put in. It's difficult. In the same way, imagine yourself. You know, recently there was a building crash. Or there is the mine which, you know, everybody got trapped in the mine. If you are in a very tiny place and you are trapped over there for 2-3 days, just now only you will start feeling claustrophobic. Isn't it? Or you are caught up in a lift. And the lift doesn't move up, doesn't move down. Think like that. Or you are in a coffin. You are alive and yet you are in the coffin. And you are buried six feet under. You know that kind of a condition. Do you know how difficult it is? Think like that. So here I am talking about that state. Now what is your desire at that point in time? If you are in the jail you want to get out. If you are in the coffin you want to get out. Isn't that what you want to do? Isn't that a desire to be alive? That is also the desire. Even that desire should not be there. Such a kind of a condition. So completely renouncing all desires. Arising from sankalpas. So these, these are worldly desires. And fully restraining all senses from all sides by the mind. The same mind you got to use... And control this entire requirements of yours. I don't want anything. I want to become desireless. A state of being where nothing touches you. Not even the idea that I want to be alive. Not even that idea that I have to breathe. Not even the idea that I want to eat or drink or sleep or do anything. None of these ideas come to you. And that is done only when you are in that state of mind. Nothing disturbs this yogi. So when you are in the state of yoga, the oneness with the divine, you have merged with the divine, you have become one with it. You are in a state of yoga. That is true yoga. Becoming one with the divine. So we will stop over here and the coming week we will do from the next verse onwards where you will come to know how to use this mind for that purpose and how the practice is done. Alright? So Krishna has given an explanation. So we will do the rest of it the next week. Thank you very much and I am sorry for any problems that might have happened during the course of this satsang. Have a nice day.